from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is the G and Ursula Show with G. Scott and Ursula Voitine. Ursula, you're looking at me right now because you're wondering what I'm going to say. Uh, exactly. And today, I strategically did not say anything that would dare you to say something crazy at the start of the show. How many days How many days are in a year, Ursula? 365. So how many days will be in this year, 2024? How many years? How many days? Uh, oh, wait. It's Is a trap. A yeah, it's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> If anybody who's born on leap year on that yes. day, February 29th, did you know that they are a leapling or a leaper? Oh. Yeah. Oh. You know, because see, I did a good job. I came in, I said, I can't be coming in. I got to make sure I give some a news hook and give people to learn something. Oh, and bam, okay. there you go. <laughs> You are something else. (laughs) But I love you. Okay, you know how I despise graffiti? You know how I get in a real bad mood about graffiti? Me and the listeners have no idea. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. Well, I will coming up at 930. However, there is a city that has figured it out. Okay, okay. Apparently, it's a city that's close to your heart. Okay. And they have come up with a remedy that maybe other cities should embrace. Mm. So we're going to talk about that coming up at 930. As always, we invite you to join us on our Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476 Cairo. Let's get to it. Top stories of the day brought to you by Waste Scar 40, Susu and Auburn. With so many Kias and Hyundais being stolen and used to commit crimes, Seattle City Council Member Tammy Morales is now joining other council members from major cities across the country in demanding a recall of those cars. We are holding the corporations accountable for um, investing in the kind of uh, fix that is needed for all of these cars and all of these families. Morales tells King 5 News the theft problem costs Seattle and so many other cities a ton of dough. The expense that we've gone through for our police department to have to deal with these, you know, thousands of, uh, of, of thefts um, is, is problematic. Of the 8,300 cars stolen in Seattle last year, police say Kia and Hyundai vehicles made up the top two on that list. The cars have been targeted because, as we have reported in the past, the Kia Boys TikTok challenge uh, got really popular where those kids were learning how to easily steal the vehicles. There's young people who may or may not even know how to drive uh, or have a license who are on the roads in these cars, and that's also causing disruption in our neighborhoods. And again, police say many of these stolen cars are also used to commit crimes. What do you think? Oh, that's great. That's great. The federal, nice. the, the, the calling the, on the yeah, that's nice. recall? Yeah, that's, that's, that's sweet. I want to know what more is going to be done here. People that are listening, people in our communities want to know what more is going to be done here at home where the cars are being stolen. This only is not going to solve the issue. Ursula, if there is no plan, to implement stricter consequences, then that sends a clear message to our society and to our local community that there is no value in the protection of private property. It is not rocket science, people. We need to know right now. This is what people want to know. 
They want to know if you, Tammy Morales or anybody else, if you are going to commit a crime here, if you are going to be appropriately punished. That means people with means, with a lot of money. That means people with no money. That means people with a little bit of money. That means any and everybody. We have a problem that is going on here, and I just don't think that alone is going to solve it because all that's going to do is, is oh, the, the, the criminals are going to say, oh, you fixed the Hondas and the Kias? Cool. Now we got to find out a new car. I don't, let y'all know there's always been a car that's most likely to be stolen. Do y'all remember Honda Accords? Okay, I'll stop right there. Ursula, okay, I'm trying to get but worked there's up. Something, something to be said. I think we can all agree the people behind this need to be held accountable. Uh, I am... Uh, kind of done with the whole idea of uh, pushing for restorative justice and pushing for um, uh, kids not spending any time uh, in these youth jails. And I want to get into that a little bit later because the whole idea of getting rid of youth jails in King County, um, totally getting rid of them, uh, apparently that is delayed. So I I want to see. So I agree that that the people who are being um, committing these crimes need to be held responsible. Yes. Uh, I, I agree that we need the ability to enforce laws that are also already in, in on the books. But there's something to be said about the, the, the huge increase in the number of thefts of these particular vehicles. Mm-hmm. So just in, this is a, 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 from the city of Seattle, these statistics from 2021 to 2022, thefts of Kias and I, I always mispronounce Hyundai, Hyundai cars increased by over 360 percent and 500 percent, respectively, in just those two years. And again, it's not just the TikTok, but there's something specifically um, that they're, they're, these cars are stolen at nearly twice the rate of the rest of the auto industry because their keys lack computer chips for theft immobilizer systems. Yeah. So. There is something faulty with how these these vehicles are produced that does now that the cat's out of the bag so people know how to steal them. Ursula. So I think there is something to be said about having the, the car makers come up with a fix, too, in addition to these other things that we're calling. I'm going to take it a step further. First, there's always been a vehicle that's most likely to get yes. stolen. Yes. Right? That's number one. Number two, when I hear this, I'm going to tell you, and I, maybe I'm going too far with this, but this is how I feel when I only hear that and not emphasis on the other. When I hear that, I hear, well, you should have locked your door. I hear, well, you should have a club on your car. I hear, well, you shouldn't have been wearing that. I hear, right? Like, that is what I hear. I think people that have gotten their vehicle stolen, I think people who have not gotten their vehicle stolen, when they hear you're going after them, we're just saying, okay, that's cool. I think it needs to be in addition to everything else, putting the people who are behind the crimes behind bars, um, uh, making sure that we have a, a, a enough police who can fight these crimes. Um, also, you know, working and, and, and when I say I'm not in favor of these restorative justice programs, uh, I think that there's are some kids who can be rehabilitated. But if you are going to continue to do these crimes, I'm sorry, you need to spend some time thinking about it. Feels like going to the gym, doing good workouts and then going home and eating a crappy diet. This ain't going to 
Okay. Uh, text us, 888-973-5476, 888-973-Cairo. And again, this is not in lieu of, this is in addition to, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, as of this morning, 14% of the office space in Seattle, Tacoma, and the east side is sitting empty. Okay, 14%, thanks in large part to remote work. That is the highest since 2019. And with so much room available, state lawmakers are thinking about allowing cities to offer developers property tax breaks if they convert those empty buildings into apartments or condos. The Seattle Times reports that Mayor Bruce Harrell supports this legislation and would even consider exempting any conversion projects from mandatory housing affordability requirements, which right now developers either have to include affordable homes on the property or pay a fee toward affordable housing. What do you think? I I, I love this. I love this because one of the biggest problems that we have is our, our, our lack of housing. We need more housing. We need more developing of that. We have had a law and a pause since the Great Recession of 2008. Since then, what I like also about in this article, there was a Spokane developer that told the state lawmakers the tax break proposal, quote, represents the single best opportunity for any immediate meaningful incentive to, stole, to stave off what could become a dire situation. So if developers, the folks that build the homes, are excited about this, that's a good thing. Because if they're excited, they're going to do something more about it, and they're going to get the ball rolling. It's like me, Ursula. When I'm in the morning, would you rather me have coffee or not coffee? Um, I'd rather you have a little coffee, just not too much. But a little incentive to go ahead and do my job. (laughs) Okay, what about the argument, though, that... Uh, these are developers who were anticipating that th- that that they were going to make bank uh, by building all these uh, skyscrapers, et cetera, et cetera. And now, what we have to bail them out, and they get t- uh, tax breaks that that uh, uh, you or I would not get that same kind of consideration if we made a mistake in our, you know, that's one of the arguments. No, no, no. I'm just I- I'm throwing it out there because. I think it sounds like a good idea, but I think it's one of those, okay, once again, helping the big dogs and then those of us who are paying taxes who don't get breaks. uh, Where is it for us? I'm I'm, going to go here. Sometimes, right, you've heard the saying, sometimes you got to make a deal with the devil, right? So for the greater good. This is one of those that I'm willing to overlook what you're saying. And I know that's a very good point with the outcome being more housing. So yeah. I'm going to go with that. And there's 14% occupancy statewide or, right now when it comes to uh, these offices. Vacancy. Uh, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Yes. Vacancy. Yes. Thank you. There's 14% vacancy right now. Let's use that up and at least attack the problem that we have. And that is housing right now. Yeah. And, and just in case uh, anyone has forgotten, Seattle, at least the state is projecting that Seattle will need about 112,000 new homes over the next 20 years. Now, realistically, too, according to the Seattle Times article, realistically, many of the buildings that we're talking about cannot be easily converted. However, uh, if the city changes are approved, in this case, maybe a dozen projects totaling 1,000 to 2,000 apartments or condos could be uh, realized. Right. So, um, chef, it's not a small tax break. It, it's yeah, a, it's thir- a thir- thirty-year exemption big on tax property break. taxes. Yes, 
I, I, I like don't. That, that, it is a big ask, and you're saying twenty percent of the bill, twenty percent of the units would be affordable to those making, you know, seventy percent of area median income or, or whatever. That's a huge tax break for not a lot of units. And I don't know. Have you ever met anyone who's in one of these affordable units through mandatory housing affordability? Uh, are, uh, I mean, the value of these properties is going to crater, absolutely crater over time. So at some point it's going to be a fire sale price, and developers are going to be able to scoop this up for nothing. Are the tax breaks really necessary? And that thinks that's a big question too. Uh, so okay, so let's let's move on to this next one though, because speaking of affordable housing or lack thereof in Kenmore, a big project that would have created a hundred units of affordable housing was axed. After city leaders bowed to public pressure, the Seattle Times reports the city had already set aside the land and then uh, millions of dollars needed to pay for this project. So it was fully funded. But the public outcry over this Plymouth housing project and the fear of having formerly homeless people living in those housing units stopped it in its tracks. So now state lawmakers are considering a bill that would add state oversight to keep cities from caving like this because of public pressure in the future. So if passed, this new bill would allow the state to make sure that cities cannot come up with, you know, suddenly come up with these prohibitive zoning ordinances to prevent this kind of development of affordable housing. Hmm. Uh, I was reading this, Ursula, and the Kenmore mayor, Nigel Herbig, he is an employee of the King County Regional Housing uh, Homelessness Authority as well. He was one of the ones that voted in support of the project, but early on, he voted Earlier, he voted uh, against it earlier in the process. Ursula, can I ask this? Um, you've been here a long time. And when it comes to addressing all of these problems, does does everyone around the state just look at Seattle as being the place that needs to be the place that fixes all these problems while all the other cities like, hey, nope, 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 nope. It's, it it's would becoming be, more and it, more like that, but it, it has been, yeah, it would be like, the biggest city. It would be like Ursula and Long Live Mark opening up their home to the neighborhood, right? And all of the parents and families, they bring their kids to your house and they come over to your house. And then when they just come over, they come get services at your house and then they tell everybody else outside, hey, have you been to Ursula's house? It is trashed. It is terrible. Don't go there. But like, well, why is it trashed? Why is it looking that way? Because Ursula is always helping everybody out in the neighborhood and even the same people that are dropping their kids off at your home are talking about how trash your house is. What a wonderful analogy. Because what I was going to say is that there are a lot of the same people who say Seattle is a hellhole. Seattle has such, you know, um, liberal policies that that um, all, all people from all over the country will come here because they can just siphon off things on and, and taxpayers will pay for it. When you have situations like the situation in Kenmore, where right now they need to build close to 600 units of permanent supportive housing, which this would have been, okay, um, and a thousand housing units for uh, in the next 20 years to meet the region's rate of growth. Right now, Kenmore has zero units of permanent supportive housing. So there are people in the city of Kenmore who are homeless. And this would have been a situation where it was fully funded and they said no because they were fearful of having formerly homeless people living in their neighborhood. And, and the city caved. And, and, and y'all ready for this? 
this comes on the heels when yesterday Ursula told us all how the people of Kent marched to Seattle and yes. the mayor of Seattle's yes. like, hey, we'll help you guys for the week. So Kent for one week, yeah. not coming through. Kenmore not coming through. And I'm and by the way, I don't want to seem disrespectful to Kenmore or Kent or anyone else. I just want to find out and ask all of you, when is Seattle going to stop taking care of everyone's problems? Meanwhile, there are people who put narratives out about how Seattle is dying. You I, can't I, have it both ways. Yeah, I have a, 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 another question. Yes. When yes. are the cities going to take care of their own? I mean, it, it, look at this. Like, it, like you have people who, who, who are in need, but yet, and you've got this thing that is fully funded. So the interim CEO of the King County Regional Homelessness Authority, Helen Howell, is quoted in the Seattle Times as saying, people often ask us how they can help solve the homelessness crisis. And the answer is that housing solves homelessness. Does anybody disagree with that? Does anybody disagree? Well, some people it, it, think it's only drugs. Oh, uh, okay. But you know what's interesting, too? <laughs> what's that? Sometimes when we talk about stories, we'll get text messages. And you know what they'll say? Well, where are the parents? So the next time that everybody Sometimes that is apropos. There but, have been times when I have said, where are the parents? But when you say, where are the parents? Yeah, it can't but be every, the then, then the city of Seattle is taking care of anything. I'm going to start asking, hey, Ken. Where are you? Hey, Kenmore, where are the parents? <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. Ursula hates graffiti. Not like, like to the point where... You might hate it, but I don't think you hate it more than Ursula. However, there is a city that is doing the best at this, and Chris Sullivan is going to come in and tell us who it is and what they're doing. Next, Gene Ursula. To the G and Ursula show. Happy Thursday to all of you. Text us on the Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line 888-973-5476-888-973 Cairo. And anyone who listens to the show on a regular basis knows that graffiti is one of my biggest pet peeves. I think it's just out of control. <laughs> it makes me so mad that uh, every day it seems like there's just more and more and all the efforts that... Uh, seemingly been tried have not worked but it sounds like maybe there is a city that has come up with a solution and our very own chris sullivan is here to explain and this is the city of tacoma they tried and are continually uh, continuing to use fake ivy 
something that our own Dave Ross has been championing for years. Why don't people use fake ivy? Why don't you use you know, a way to hang it over the top of the freeways and let it dangle down and provide less of a canvas uh, to to be used, you know, to, to be there? And it turns out the city of Tacoma in 2017 started a two-year project, pilot project, uh, where they used it in, I mean, limited applications. They used it like five or six places. Most of them were kind of surf, you know, neighborhood streets or, or getting close to freeways. They actually did put some on 705, the exit to downtown Tacoma, and it seems to be working. I mean, in 2019, when their contract was up, they were getting ready to expand it and getting. And then we hit the pandemic, uh, and now they're looking at you know starting it back up again using both a combination of panel ivy and strand ivy. Panel ivy, as you would imagine, you get like a one foot by one foot square that kind of looks like I don't know astroturf, <laughs> and they would basically create like a rug and wrap it around things. The strand ivy is just what it looks like: individual wow. strands that kind of hang at different distances, and. Here is Ray Bailey, the Public Works Division Manager in the city of Tacoma, on how those two types of ivy actually worked and how taggers responded. We had what we called the panels, which was a one-by-one-foot panel of ivy, and then we had individual strands of ivy as well. Tried both of them in various areas throughout the city to kind of mixed reviews. Some of it was really good, and some of it um, didn't work as well as we had hoped. And here are the mixed reviews. They could be easily ripped off or unfortunately they were actually set on fire on oh, a couple great. of the locations so we'd probably stick with with more of the individual strands and kind of give the my crew's the creative liberty of, of making I, fake ivy look like real ivy. So the the panels maybe not quite as successful. Uh, the strand ivy seemed to work because wherever they've had it, uh, you really can't tag through it. Uh, and so it's a, it's it's an interesting idea. It's kind of cost prohibitive though. I was it's pretty, say, it's how like much is it? Yeah, it was like nine foot, uh, nine bucks a foot, uh, nine book. Uh, you know, for the, some of the strand ivy, you know, it was less than that for the one by one, uh, one foot by one foot uh, panels. So it's pretty. I mean, I'm not sure if you would blanket all the way up and down I-5. It would be pretty cost prohibitive to do that. You might as well just keep painting over. But it seems to be working for Tacoma in a in a limited uh, application. So I think you add it to the toolbox. Personally, I love the idea, but it does sound like what well, you said is cost prohibitive, but it seems like they've given up on many stretches of I-5 on, on trying to paint over what's there because... There's been a proliferation. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, the good news is yesterday as I was driving up past, uh, going into Ravenna or north of that, actually the uh, the stretch there by the what used to be the encampment there on the west side of the freeway, they painted over that a couple weeks ago, and it was still painted over. Uh, good, right there before you get to one thirtieth. So that's at least stuck around for a couple of weeks. But yeah, the rest of it, I'm sure it's probably being tagged right now. But uh, so I mean, it's it's an interesting idea. I mean, why not grow regular stuff? Instead of well, having to do the, but even though I know it's invasive, if the roots time. go in plus, uh, which can make the concrete a little less strength, lose the strength there. But it's kind of interesting. Okay, have you noticed it? it you live in Tacoma, G. I mean, I haven't really noticed it like that, right? But I tell you what, I do notice. I notice it when I come to Seattle, right? Like I, I you know, what I'm saying, like sometimes you don't, you know, sometimes you don't realize how nasty somebody's bathroom is until you realize, oh, my mind is cleaner. You know what I mean? Like you, know, you come to somebody's bathroom, like man. You know, you're not really supposed to have pee around a toilet seat. Anyway, I'm going to ask you guys uh, this little something. In cybersecurity, in cybersecurity, oftentimes 
Who do they sometimes hire? Yeah, they hire the people that went to MIT and all of the smart folks. Yeah, but but they, who also do they hire? Yeah, they hire the cyber criminals, hackers yeah. and criminals. I'll tell you what I would like to see. I want to see, like, maybe not the director, but an assistant director in this department to be a former high up that used to do all the graffiti. Because the folks that are out here tagging, they know what's up. Yeah. They know what's going on. They could actually go to the city and tell the, the young man or the young lady that's gone to private school and done all this schooling, which even though in their schooling, they learn nothing about how to defeat the graffiti problem. They could actually show them and teach them what and how to do. Would you guys be opposed to paying a former person that was professionally tagging? Or before, is that you can't do that before I would do that? <clears throat> I would try to crack down on the taggers who already exist. How's that working? Uh, well, I don't know why. Horribly. It's it's not happening. And then the taggers who are caught, I would make sure that uh, you do a lot of press releases and make sure that everyone is aware that they're being arrested and prosecuted. I think I need to, I, I think we need to increase the penalties for damage that's caused because we're talking it does cause a lot of you damage two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year just in King County alone for that's repainting. For well, that's the amount if that they, they, they for just repainting. But even every year. But the the other thing that I would do is have the taggers be the ones that clean up the graffiti I, once they're caught. Can I, Ursula? Yeah. Deep deep down. That's that's part of the punishment. Deep down, no. When I when I offer something like that, you think most people like could not fathom. A, a former tagger that was out there being a part of the city and getting a paycheck no, I mean, to help with this problem? That, that's been used, but... Uh, Has it? Uh, well... I, Maybe I, not I, in this I, application. Not but. in this particular application, but that, I mean, you, you brought up the cyber criminals, but I think there might be a lot of people who also think of the former pimp who got the waterfront... So I, I mean, that was... that. See, <sighs> Ursula, I, I, I agree. See, scenarios like that, that type of situation... It hurts any possibility well, of... That wasn't even common sense. Mm. Like, that wasn't even a common sense. Like, that, the whole czar giving him an office, that, that was a joke. That, like, that was a real joke. I'm being very serious. Yeah. I'm not even playing around yeah. with this. It, it actually makes way too much sense, but I have learned in doing this job that common sense approaches are not the thing. You have to have politics involved, and that's why we never solve any issue. Not one issue do we solve. We just keep talking about it. People keep keep getting paid. Hey, if, consultants, if, your tax money, and nothing gets done. If if someone who has that that history has done their time and can help crack the problem, absolutely, I'd be in favor of it. Absolutely. Sully, have you ever done any graffiti, bro? No. <laughs> but I do have a coupon for free fresh spray paint. <laughs> Thank oh, you. I've been waiting to find. I've been waiting to find a way to sneak that in. <laughs> You're a coupon person. Of course I am. I know. Coupon. 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 Thanks, Sully. I listen. Thank you. Uh, appreciate you, man. Love you. Okay. We need to talk coming up next. But first, I'll ask you this as we as a little tease. The pickup and drop-off line at the schools that you go and pick up and drop off at for your young kids. Do those places make you mad? Do you is there a fix to any of that? 
Well, coming up next, we're going to tell you how one mom said, if it's going to be bad, I'm going to do this. Tell you exactly what that is next. Gene Ursler. show coming up at 10 o'clock it looks like mike salk is going to join us and he's going to tell us a little bit more of what we need to know about the new seahawks head coach mike mcdonald but right now ursula we need to talk and a lot of people are waiting because they know that those pick up and drop off lines whoo even you remember probably some of those days oh yeah but so what happened was there's a florida mom that has now been banned from picking up her children from a Christian school because she advertises her OnlyFans on the back of her vehicle. Now, Michelle Klein told the Post her SUV with a giant OnlyFans decal on the back has been banned from school property, but she doesn't plan to pull her kids from the school. Now, a fellow parent who's also a TikTok parenting influencer wants the family expelled from the school and told her followers what uh, what they can find if they look up Michelle's advertised account. Listen to this. As I can just search the name that is on the back of these vehicles, it pops up. And although I cannot see the actual porn videos, I can see the captions of the videos. And you can see they are explicit. Ursula, Mm. wait a minute. So she's she's being, okay. She said a private Christian school and she's being banned, not just from the pickup line or it's just. She just can't, she can't come to the pickup line. Her her kids are still in the school. Because the the decals on the, yeah. So no, what they're trying to do is make her miserable so she leaves the school, right? And they're using that that sticker mm-hmm. as an excuse. But I'm I'm being triggered because of this whole pickup drop off line <laughs> <laughs> at a private school. <laughs> at a private school, I, you know, I can tell yes. my um, my experience at a private school in the uh, pickup drop off line. But I know there's a lot of people that are still probably possibly connected to that school. But go ahead. Uh, well, I just, <laughs> I just remember that it felt like going back to high school for me, oh. and I don't know if it was because I was a, 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 a working parent who could not be part of the school community as much as I would like, and maybe it was just that was my insecurity. And there are many working parents. I'm not trying to imply that, but but I was very jealous of the moms in particular who could spend a lot of time at the school and then it became like high school part B. Oh. You know, where where you had the clicks, you had the, you know, people running up in their Lululemons and, well, it would be Stanley Cups now, but, you know, whatever, their lattes or whatever it was and right. chit-chatting with each other. And I always felt like a bit of an outsider. Right. <laughs> Although they were very nice or whatever, but the, the pickup... Uh, drop-off lines just always felt like um, I was back in high school. Okay. Um, that said, I, I think her her issue is they just don't want her at the school. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. 
Now, I know some of you, this is going to shock some of you. Probably shocks you too, Chef. If I'm the principal, me personally, I don't want that in my parking lot. I'll tell you why. It's one thing. We all know OnlyFans exists. We know that. No doubt about it. But when you have OnlyFans come through your parking lot like that, I'm telling you right now, even your best husband is going to get probably a little curious. Some of those kids are going to get a little curious. And I'm going to tell you, it is going to be create a different energy in that school. Hey, you seen so-and-so's mama? Yep. And then you got the husbands, and you put some, possibly got some wives. I think it would cause a big distraction at the school. And if I'm the principal chef, I will not allow it. I, I think uh, this woman actually has a pretty clear First Amendment case on her hands. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, think, and she would be very wise to pursue this as far as she can because every time this gets written up in the news, she's going to gain at least a thousand new followers on her account. <laughs> yes. Right? And if you cannot prevent the person from driving into the school parking lot that has an FJB sticker on the back of their car, which is explicit and still protected by the First Amendment, look, It's not this woman's responsibility to prevent people from looking up her account. And I agree it's in poor taste. I wouldn't I wouldn't approve of it. Like, I'm not a fan of it, but it's genius marketing marketing and it's First Amendment protected. Oh, it's genius. And and so but you're saying, G, that if you are the school, you support the school's right as a private. Yes. Yep. I. Yeah. I I think it's ridiculous. Okay. well, okay. Let's let's keep it a buck, everybody. While we think it's ridiculous. Will this be a distraction? I mean, a they've, huge. They've I mean, made it a distraction I, now. Now it's become no, news well, and, 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 even and before, fodder for even talk before shows. Even before this, though, yeah. you know that this is a huge distraction. You know there's bullying that goes on. There's bullying that goes on schools w- without OnlyFans. But now there is. You're going to have to control that. You're also going to have to control the, with the parents. And yeah. one thing I've learned I, about schools, some of the worst culprits in any of the problems are the parents. Yeah. And I think you make a good point, though. I mean, it's going to be fodder and it's going to be additional target for bullying for the, the kids of this mom. And you said even the even the most faithful dads. Is that what you said? Yeah. They'd be curious. Heck yeah. <laughs> Steve, you seen that, bro? Nah, man. You may grab that burner phone. <laughs> well, well, uh, hey, hey, Nick. You the youngster. What's that VPN you be talking about? What's that? What's that dude so I can hide my stuff? A secret code? <laughs> that lingo? Ursula, I'm being for real when I tell you this. I had a situation. They had to pick up drop off area yeah. at, a, at a certain private school that I was connected to. Uh-huh. I got into an argument with their little traffic guy right there. This dude said, get out of the car. and wanted to fight me. I go and I tell the principal about this. The principal says to me, oh, well, he know he's just an older guy. He doesn't mean any harm. I said, I said, wow, the traffic guy wants to fight me. It doesn't mean any harm. Okay. This is why I won't bring up the name of that private school, but this is why I don't mess with that same school. But anyway, wow. True story. That's nuts. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Coming up next on the Jay Show, Mike Salk is going to join us, and he's going to tell us about the new head coach of your Seattle Seahawks. Jay